0: Goodie, goodie, Think thing. Hello and welcome to the Goodies Pirate Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Rob. I'm Richard. I'm Tom. And this is episode 56, 2001 and a bit also known sometimes as The Future of the Goodies. First broadcast on the 26th of October, 1976, once more a Tuesday at 9pm. Now, gentlemen, I'll open with this one and say that this is an episode that has got two main themes or jokes, neither of which I think really landed or was explored to its full potential. And I laughed a number of times during this episode, but... I was quite disappointed watching this one again for the first time in a while. What do others think? Richard?
1: I don't think I'll watch this on the DVD, so I actually think it could well be 30 years since I've seen this. Like you, I thought there were some good ideas in there. I don't think it's aged very well, and I think that's probably a fair part of it, but no, I, I didn't think this was that
2: good.
3: Tom? Middling episode. It had some good parts in it, yeah, it's but it's not fantastic.
2: Rob? This is pretty poor in my book. It's probably one of the worst episodes I've seen in a long while during all this uh, rewatching. As you said, Richard, it's sort of... It's right out of date, right out of date. Not well, much well
0: into... it doesn't help that it's set in the future, which is 16 years ago. Correct, <laughs>
2: correct. It, it, it misses the mark on a lot of things, unfortunately. If I was telling people, I'd just say, don't bother with this one. Mm.
0: Well, there's a lot for us to explore in it, though, and we will have a good exploration. Hopefully we'll have a good chat about it as well. But, yeah, we'll start from the point of view that we're not fans of this one, shall we say. So, they...
1: so So if you like it, you might want to turn off now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so obviously it opens in the year 2001 and a bit, and they so need to set the scene that it's all a bit futuristic, so the furniture's all being replaced, it's all nice and white. Uh, the couch from Serverland's office from Blake 7 is in there. <laughs>
3: well, it's <laughs> well, it's the other way it's around. the other yes. way around, that's
0: right. <laughs> the, the, the couch in this ends up as the couch in Serverland's office in Blake 7. So that was it, and you have things like, for example, Bill Oddie playing Bill Brook taylor has a man bun, which is, I guess, one bit of propheticness on the part. <laughs> yeah, that,
1: that is the first main element of the episode is that it's now the future. The goodies have obviously had sons. There clearly was some sort of mix-up and they're now playing each other's sons.
0: Yes, so we have Bill playing Tim's son, Graham playing Bill's son, and Tim playing Graham's son. Yes.
3: Yeah, they cared enough that they called their sons after each other. Yes.
1: I did wonder whether that was just a script convenience so they didn't get lost during the narrative patch. I
0: think so. so. Look, I think that the start of that element works reasonably well. Bill playing Tim's son in that first scene is quite good. Uh, I think after that it drifts a bit. I don't think that Tim playing Graham's son does much at all. No,
3: look, I think certainly that opening bit... Certainly, the look of Tim walking into the office wearing Graham's gear, having the side ears—I I thought he looked the part. Yep, fantastic. Yep, I agree with that. And then there was parts of it there, but it was the generic boffin more so than the uh, mad scientist that mm-hmm. Graham ever was.
2: The certain edge that Graham's performance occasionally has, or that this sort of mad scientist thing is completely absent.
0: He could have found a few Grahamisms to latch onto and sort mm. of yes. e- expand on and exaggerate to make yeah. it land home. In the way that Bill does a bit for Tim at the first, you know, he's sort of trying to do Tim's mannerisms, he's trying to do that sort of slightly higher Tim voice. But again, it does drift. And I think it's a shame because that premise could have been really, really good. Yes. And indeed, Graham playing Bill, if he'd actually just played Bill's character, I think there would have been huge potential for comedy in that. But he actually doesn't play Bill at all. He plays... Graham being violent. Yeah, yeah. essentially. So I I think this is the biggest problem I have with the episode, is that... It's really quite interesting concept. It just doesn't land. No, that's right. But they do milk it for some good entertainment. There are some good jokes in there. Are they, Tim talking about what happened to his old colleagues and Bill was fired for... Um, because he kept biting people. He kept biting people. So Graham was put away for having an unnatural relationship with his computer. Yes. <laughs> or the bit where he shows young Tim a photo of his mother. Ricker Welsh. Yes. yes. <laughs> Oh, what? that's your mother oh sorry least <laughs> we all knew Raquel <laughs> but the premise is that uh, the original Timbrook Taylor is handing over to his son the goodies and they're now the new goodies and it starts off with Bill trying to give his first land of hope and glory speech <laughs> <laughs> which gets cut off they do get the that they're living in the age of Jolly King Charles.
1: Yes, although they do make the point that he'll be removed once his TV show is no longer
0: popular. <laughs> That's right. So they underestimated Her Majesty's staying power. Yeah, they did. By a couple of decades and counting.
1: The society of the future, everything is legal, so there's no excitement. There's nothing that's verboten anymore, nothing that's taboo. You know, the kids' magazines, Beano and Dandy are now porno and randy. where they get to make the joke, Biffo the Bear is, uh, has a whole new meaning. Yes, yes. All,
0: all on Yorkshire Weekend BBC Three.
1: There is a, a joke there where they say Graham's idea of fun was to lock himself in the toilet and look at his titbits. I thought that was a euphemism. It's actually not. Titbits was actually a girly mag. So <laughs> low-grade girly mag. Yes. Any
2: high-grade girly mags? <laughs> no.
1: And of course, you see when they go into sports night, football is now just all about the violence. They don't even play with the ball anymore. And like. the
0: crowd control and all yes.
1: that stuff. Yes. Yeah. I did get a little shock. One of the things I do remember about the episode, uh, actually from watching it when I was young, was a bit where they are reading out the programming for the night and the guy goes, Jesus, what a
2: drag! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is one bit I
0: do remember.
2: Yeah. I think that particular sequence where they're going through the programs is probably one of the better ones, especially mm.
0: early on. It's a fun little sequence. At that point, Graham bursts in as Bill's son, but again, he's not dressed as Bill. He's not acting like Bill. He's just in a American football well, costume. Well, it's a rollerball costume. It's a rollerball, yeah. ball,
3: basically. That's, I think, the pastiche of this episode mm. for this season. That's the movie that just come out in Britain. So that's we'll grab that. We'll grab that and use, we'll grab that. That, and yeah. use yeah. that as the basis of a storyline. Mm. Yes,
0: but of course, because it's no longer exciting enough, they're doing roller egg.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah, I get that. Probably would have been novel at the time, and again because Rollerball had just been released, that felt really dated. Watching that now, it's Rollerball. Well, well yeah. yes, <laughs>
0: but,
1: yeah, I don't know. That that kind of felt a bit flat for me. That bit.
0: But, yeah. yeah, look, it did. Um, joke where he falls into the coffin isn't bad.
1: Oh, <laughs> the two guys spear each other. Yeah,
0: yeah. but yeah, look. It- <laughs> Yeah, it was okay. We now have the problem of, you know, how do we refer to the various characters, because I'm getting lost, but the characters as played by Bill and Tim, so that's Tim and Graham. I suppose you
1: call them young and old, I suppose.
0: Yeah. They decide that they're going to get something new and novel, and they need something that's completely, utterly generally pointless and boring and dull.
1: Yes, because the crowd have never had that before.
0: Yes. So they choose cricket.
1: The issue of uh, the Cricket 76 magazine that Tim Garden is reading, so young... Tim is reading is an issue that the Brooke taylor wrote an article for in real life because he is a real cricket tragic tbt uh, and he did write a whole article in there about his love of the game and why people love what seems to an outsider to be such a pointless boring
0: game and i have to say the next few minutes where they're sort of doing the jokes about cricket i think that's the strength of that cricket gag i think the cricket stuff does sort of peter out quite quickly but in that first part where they're describing how it worked and all those, those are not rice fields. Yeah, that's right. It's not a sun temple. Not, that's right. <laughs>
3: and they weren't Roman
0: numerals. No, that's right. <laughs> that's were really quite good. I, that, I think that's actually the highlight of the episode in many ways. I think so. Are they picking on cricket because it's just? To
2: the layperson, you know, five days out in the sun can be boring. Or was English cricket at this particular time going through a really low period?
3: This was right before the start of the World Series, wasn't
1: it? Well, we'd be 76, so, yeah, we'd be... Before the centenary match. We'd be before the centenary test, and we'd be just before they were surreptitiously starting to sign people up for World Series cricket, because Tony Gregg's still captain of England at that time. So, England actually would have been in the middle of getting thrashed by the West Indies. I suspect probably a bit of both, Mm. Perhaps. That was a bit of a negative for me because given they hinged the whole second half of the episode on the cricket, spending several minutes telling everyone how boring and pointless it is kind of seems to undermine what you want to do in the second half.
0: Yeah, so they then decide in the second half they're going to go out and find the MCC and re-establish cricket. So to do this, they get their Acme Power Boots, which I found really funny as a kid. Now it's sort of like why you're still walking so I you're still saying. walking that's right yeah
1: <laughs> where of course young tim garden goes to find
0: lords yes which he does and he finds the ashes which is a much bigger urn than the real thing but yes, <laughs> yes it is much
2: more robust as well so. yes
0: yes i having been to lords and seen the ashes both the crystal version and the original version it's nothing like that no we also missed the reference there where they put a couple of five pound notes in the machine with Mrs Thatcher's face on them. Given that she'd only just become leader of the opposition at that stage and no one had any idea she'd be the longest serving prime minister of the 20th century, mm. is another little bit of fortuitous, care okay? Because I remember watching that as a kid and thinking, oh, well, you know, that's really obvious that you, know, you could make a joke that Mrs Thatcher's been prime minister so long you'd have her face on the thing, but no, she, she was, you know. Mm. Nothing like what she would become at that stage. Possibly she was at that point sufficiently novel and interesting that you could mine that for a gag. Yeah, and perhaps it was meant to just be the absurdity of the idea that she would mm-hmm. ever be that well known that she could be her. On a note,
1: yeah. I thought there was some interesting jokes, particularly the bit where they're at Lord's and you see young Tim Garden playing around with the equipment. He puts the jock strap on his head and then decides to wear it over top. He puts the box on, etc. Look, I thought there were some interesting visual gags in there. Whereas, of course, old Tim and young Bill arrive at the MCC Sanctuary. Yes,
0: where they basically do the idea that all the MCC members are now birds, so you have like the red-necked coot, for example.
1: Yes. That's clever,
0: I like that. that
1: cool. You have the waiting birds and you mm-hmm. have the, the antics of the wicket keepers. And the yes. silly mid-old. Yes. Yeah. And the, the
3: cry,
0: hello. <laughs> yeah. I think it was very clever. I wasn't laughing out loud, though.
1: Yeah. There was Down a position d- that
0: they mentioned
2: that I'd never heard before.
1: Oh, the fly or yeah. the flycatcher? There, there is a fielding position called fly slip, which is sort of a, a deep slip. It's almost a short third man, if you look at a chart of fielding positions, but...
3: It's either that or it's just the catch in itself, because you see him mm. flinging himself. Yeah. Well, it's
0: flinging himself to catch the ball, you know, so...
1: Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Right.
2: Fascinating.
0: Mm. They then discover the match room, I guess you'd say, of the MCC, where the other old goodies... Are old Graham and old Bill are there I wonder whether that was always the intent or they've just realised this episode just can't carry on with just the young ones so they actually have to have the real goodies in there to spruce things up a bit
3: maybe it's possible I think it's just where they're going I mean if you've got Tim playing both roles I don't think Graham and Bill are going to miss out on that either no but considering where the commentary was earlier in the episode about the unnatural relationship with the computer and just the violence that disappeared they both end up in the cricket pavilion it's, it's a bit
0: strange it's yeah. a,
3: it doesn't make sense to the setup i
0: suppose it is but it gives them a little chance to be nostalgic i mean we're now six series into the goodies so they have their own mythology and their own lore so they can mm. reference the giant kitten <laughs> the giant beanstalk the ministry of silly walks oh,
3: No, I, I don't remember that one <laughs> <laughs> i do like the other uh, start of it goes remember who i am no it's a face from the past.
0: <laughs> it's Nicholas Parsons! <laughs> <laughs> At which point, young Bill Brooke Taylor has to convince them all that they need to re-establish cricket, so he does his little poem that starts off quite nicely with There's a definitely Hush orge tonight, the pitch lies covered in weeds, but also has lines like... We're not caught out by Frogger Kraut or, or Greasy Wop nor Dago.
1: Yes, I, I did have a note here that he's every bit as racist and xenophobic as his father. <laughs> <laughs> the poem Young Bill recites is a rewritten version of a poem called Vitae Lampada which I think is a poem largely around how the game of cricket teaches people who will be going off to fight, probably at the time of the Boer War, I think uh, stoicism learned on the cricket field. Play up, play up and play the games, the main refrain from it. Mm.
0: Which is ironic, because if you think about it these days, Michael Clark's probably the last person I've seen to walk. <laughs> <laughs> that leads into the MCC song, which was first written for a 1970 episode of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. Mm. And I think it's quite funny. Oh, it must have been I do remember that from watching it yeah. decades ago. Suitably jaunty. Yes, yes. We then get into what's the finale of the episode, which is the rollerball versus cricket game.
1: They revived cricket, and of course, the idea is the crowd actually don't take to the idea of being bored, senseless, and start getting a bit restless.
0: Yes, as being commentated by a robotic Jimmy Hill.
1: And they're more interested in talking about the pigeon than they are about the game, young. Graham then says, well, me and the lads decided we'd come and help you
3: out a bit. And he brings the rollerball team in. Two rousing cheers.
0: Yeah, so they get various iterations of that. They have the giant suit that the batsman plays in and loses in various different ways. And this was before the underarm bowling. Yeah, the the infamous
1: underarm bowling (laughs) incident.
0: I think that there were a lot of good critic gags in this episode but they would really mostly been used by now. Mm. And I, I was getting quite tired of this sequence, I must admit. I, I, I was actually getting quite bored of this episode, ironically.
1: Yeah, I, I probably was a bit at this point, too. Look, there was some interesting stuff there. Look, I do like the bit where Graves being knocked down and every time he gets up again, his padding's moved. I thought some of those iterations were quite funny, but...
0: It, it is, but when that's the best gag yeah. in a sequence, it's probably not the strongest.
1: And then you sort of go through the escalation where they're now firing the balls out of tanks and then they're lobbing grenades. And then, obviously, they end with an atom bomb. Yes. Because how else would you end it?
0: (laughs) If in doubt, blow them all up. Which at least means they can make the joke about inheriting the ashes.
1: Yes. I'm assuming the intention here is clearly the MCC and the original goodies survive, but the goodies' sons don't. It was what I took from that, but...
3: Well, Graham, definitely
1: not.
0: No. (laughs) Ground zero. (laughs) Yeah, look, it's an interesting little episode. It finishes there. Uh, well, I think we should probably pay credit to the way that it was shot, because there are sequences where the goodies are playing two characters.
1: Yes, there there is a bit of split screen work in there, rather than having doubles.
0: Yes, yeah, so Credit to them for that. Yeah, I was struck by how seamlessly it was done in yeah, the office yeah. with young and old... Dudes.
1: Yeah, so I was going to say, Timbrook Taylor is on both sides of the screen in the office. The bit where they're in the MCC room, that's a standing bill. Yeah,
2: not a very good bill either, but... Uh...
1: No, but you notice the camera sort of really doesn't linger no, on him. sort of
0: blocks him out, yeah.
1: You go for a very high shot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, look, having got to the end of that conversation, I'm standing by my view... There are some really cool ideas in here that I don't think are fully explored. There are some good jokes. There were some lines where I laughed, but I just thought very, very flat. And and as you guys have pointed out, possibly because it is just so dated, it doesn't quite work anymore. Yeah, it's
1: probably hard. Had we been recording this in 1976, look, I think perhaps we would have been a bit more positive, but I do think this is a weaker episode.
2: Any other general comments? Usually when I come in and sit down with you guys and talk about an episode that I didn't by myself think was very good, by the end of it, my attitude becomes more positive. Unfortunately, with this episode, having talked it out, my opinion hasn't improved at all, unfortunately.
1: Apparently, after they made this, the goodies noted that uh, now they'd actually played one of the others and seen what it was like being one of the other goodies, they had no desire to do it again.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Quite right, too. Uh, The George
1: Davis is innocent bit they spell out during the episode is actually a real thing. George Davis was convicted for armed robbery, uh, wrongfully convicted as it turned out. There was a fairly strong public campaign to have him released which culminated in a group of supporters breaking into the Headingley Cricket Ground during the third English versus Australian test that year and they vandalised the pitch which caused the match to be abandoned. We will make a note George Davis was released but he did later plead guilty to a couple of other robberies.
0: Were there any cuts out here? No. no, no. There you go. So we'll move into our regular segments: tropes and first. Uh, Was well, a Nicholas
1: Parsons joke? Yes. The land of Hope and Glory. Yes. yes. The patriotic speech.
0: Arguably, it's sort of two versus one. In that, Graham's doing the rollerball and they're doing the cricket. Yeah, not, not, right, not quite but...
3: as much, but I don't think, I think he's trying to help them. It's just so dull. You know, I thought I'd bring the boys in to help. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more of a lot of callbacks. You know, when you talk about. Trying to get into, the python reference to yeah, yeah, yeah. silly walks. Yeah. Uh,
0: what couldn't they get away with today?
3: But parts of the poem.
0: Yes. I did
1: have a idea here, maybe the fawning over Raquel Welsh. That
0: Objectification that. of Raquel Welsh. Yeah. That's
1: that's a good way
3: of putting it. Yes. So yeah, no, the... she agreed to be in that photo. <laughs> <laughs> You had the newsreader when he was having a shot and he was getting absolutely bored, he had his... Uh, Titbits! Probably a Playboy or something like that, but yes. on the DVD, fairly clear When, that when it you was... paused it, it was really good! <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 was, was, <laughs> it was quite clear that it was a proper... Yes, it was uh, actually a girly mag. Girly mag that, uh, I mean, that again escalates,
1: you know, he's there and the ones up, he's in bed with a woman. Yeah because so, nothing is off limits but that's yeah. it
3: and I think that's what well, that I suppose is meant to be what it is in the world of tomorrow yeah. that anything's permissible so all, all that thing happening but which is uh,
2: probably
0: far closer to the truth mm. uh, these days than not our favourite gags I'll kick us off this week and I'm going to take the Jolly King Charles reference including the portrait which I just thought was really quite funny <laughs>
3: Tom I actually, like, your father would be ashamed when they turned Bill's photo around Yes, it's a photo of his back. <laughs> yes. You know, I thought that was very nice. And just quickly, I just liked goody-goody, thing-thing.
1: <laughs> Richard? I actually went for a pun. There's a bit there where they're in the MCC club. And Graham says, you knew his mother. And Bill says,
2: orphan. No, I don't think he was an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> Of Pirates of Penzance, <laughs> Rob. Uh, I went with two. It was a toss up between Graham yelling, uh, Acid, we spray them all with acid. <laughs> <laughs> or Graham saying, You think I'm mindless, look into those eyes, nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, we have to work out how to get tanks into it somehow. <laughs> or flamethrowers.
0: Yes. Yeah, so look, there are some good gags in there. We shouldn't undersell this, but. After some, you know, quite good episodes, it, it does stand out.
1: Yes, it's been 30 years since I've watched this, and now I know why.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now it'll be another 30. <laughs> Speaking of different and unusual episodes, next week we'll be back with Goodies Almost Live, which will include a conversation about the Goodies music and albums more generally.
1: Hmm, on your way to do the festering ferret, maybe you'll take a walk in the Black Forest.